welcome to another episode of the Houdat Jedi podcast. This is episode 141, and we are just days away from the big day, the big Santa reveal party. Um, you know, Christmas time. Do you have Christmas in France? What movie, guys? What movie? Better off dead. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, when when Macron was in uh, was in the states, my brother was just nonstop like texting and tweeting better off dead quotes. <laughs> Here's the state dinner. We, for first, we have French fries. Then we have French dressing. <laughs> That's a great movie. Okay, well anyway. Didn't ask for a dime. Two dollars. I'm Aaron. With me as always is Dave and Fredo. Dave's already said hi. So, Fredo, how are we doing? Hello. Doing okay. Doing okay. Have so, you ever seen you know, Better I'll Off be Dead? I... I might have seen it once when okay. I was young. I can't recall it now. All not right. recently. I got to give the stink face then. Oh, by the way, in you know we have the whole thing. You know, crap that Aaron hasn't seen. I have seen Willow. So Brittany and I watched Willow a couple weeks Ooh. ago. So and, yeah, uh, now you can watch the show. And so we can start watching the show, and that's our plan because it's going to be, as everybody knows, cold AF here in New Orleans. Um, and uh, starting now, it's starting to rain on this Thursday night, and the temperature is going to drop. So um anyway yeah. what did you think of the movie it was it was cute it was fun it would not have been anything i would have enjoyed when i was you know what 1983 it's not i mean whatever it was 88 I mean, okay so um, but still that's just and my and it's funny because my best friend um when we were back in nebraska he found out that i'd never seen willow and he's like how are we still friends and i mean but i was just I really like Star Wars, but I was not into fantasy. I mean, it's I mean, so it just didn't trip my chair. But it was it was cute. It was it was fun. Um, you know, Val Kilmer um, it was is just awesome in about anything that he's in um, from the eighties. So um, <laughs> except for maybe Asterisk. except for maybe Batman was that the nineties when when he that was, was in, in the nineties. Okay, yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. Um, Another yeah, fun movie. That... Another fun movie fact: Val, Val Kilmer movie, real genius. Do you guys know who uh, played Laszlo in uh, Real Genius? Hmm. I couldn't tell you because uh, I've only seen that movie about once. Uncle Rico from Napoleon Dynamite hmm. is Laszlo uh, from Real Genius. So, well, now okay, I'm going to give you the stink face for you've said you haven't seen that one. Or you've only seen it once? No, I've only seen it like once or twice. Kate really likes it, though. Okay. We might have to have like bad 80s movie night or something. Um, But tonight, our our topic for tonight, we're going to revisit something we did last year about this time. Because like I said, it's end of the year. We're going to do a few of our favorite things. So we've all got our list of five things. And I'm sure Dave has about seven honorable mentions because um, that's what he does. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so that's what we're going to do. Oh, and other news, guys, by the way, I got tickets to the Fan Expo, um, Fan Expo New Orleans oh, yeah. in right. January. And right. the day that I bought the tickets, Katie Sackoff canceled. I'm trying hard <laughs> not to uh, take it personally, but um, I will. She saw, I, she saw Aaron signed up and it's like, nope, nope, I'm out. Yeah, right. Um, 
but uh no so i'm gonna i am gonna be able to get some autographs of some of the mandalorian folks but thing is uh right now carl weathers is not all he's doing is you can get a picture taken that's all they have on the website right now it's like what dude can't sign his name um but um which maybe not uh but also the the clone wars uh voice actors um ashley Eckstein, uh matt lanter and um uh james arnold taylor they're all going to be there and none of them right now are signing autographs all you do is get your picture taken with them i just i want them to sign a dang poster that's all i want i don't want i don't need a picture but anyway hopefully that will change but yeah so i'm going to go for a day so i always lose track of that thing because it comes in like early january and you're dealing with holidays and everything else and you're preparing for mardi gras and then all of a sudden boom there it is i'm going on the seventh so um yeah but, uh, well, maybe we can have you report back or, or do a live remote for us or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm standing here in the midst of all the nerds, Dave. And man. The great turkey drop is about right. to occur. All right. Well, hey, let's. Uh, the great nerd to, drop. Before we get to the great nerd drop, I think that that's. Uh, all right. Let's do some uh, Star Wars trivia before we. Uh, get into some news i know fredo's got a couple things on the on the docket um all right fredo who notes that the jedi council is asking him to commit treason well who had a problem with being on the council and not being a master that would be anakin skywalker It was Anakin Skywalker. Oh, I have something before we do our five favorite things. I'm going to ask you guys something about a little bit of a spoiler. Um, a rumor spoiler. Okay. Um, so it's not actually a spoiler because we don't know if it's happened yet. Um, so it'll be in the news section. We don't have to talk all night about it. Just uh, initial thoughts. Anyway. All right. So Fredo gets a point. Dave, who describes the disguised Princess Leia as fearless and inventive? Job of the Hut. It is Job of the Hut. Yeah. By the way, what's really cool in Return of the Jedi, if you ever noticed that Jabba's lips actually move to the English translations, so they made they made the rhythm of the Huttese match the rhythm of the English language. It's kind of cool because somebody was on set speaking the lines. Anyway, all right. Um, for me, what city earns Obi-Wan's remark? You will never find a more wretched hive of scum and villainy. Oh, man. That'd be most Eisley. That's a Christmas gift. That is a Christmas gift. Most Eisley. All right. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Fredo, over to you for some news. So, just a couple of bits of news. Uh, the first one's kind of... I think we kind of known about this, but the rumor this might be... Or let's go put it on the rumors because it came out today. So uh, we knew from a few weeks back that Mary Elizabeth Winstead was going to be in the new Ahsoka show. So now it's been apparently reported that her role is going to be none other than Hera Syndulla. She's going to be behind the stick of the ghost and piloting it in the new series. So yeah, uh, according to Bestman Bulletin, actress Mary Elizabeth Winstead Winstead, I'm sorry, has been cast to play the love-action version of Hera Syndulla and Ahsoka. So, it'd be interesting to see uh, in what role she actually will be 
they can you know what you know, would be interesting is like how how we'll be able to handle more than one character who it's like okay so you bring back ahsoka in the mandalorian and it's just we just have to reconcile one new voice for this you know that somebody's coming from animated to live action but when you now are going to have um ahsoka and you're going to have hera and you're going to have sabine and you're going to have ezra now the only thing is i think what rumors are is that um the guy who voiced thrawn is going to be thrawn so that one will be okay with if that happens but you know what i mean it's like if you now throw in the whole scooby gang and everybody's a different voice how much that will will that affect the uh enjoyment factor yeah you're talking about lars mickelson by the way yeah. who's the brother of matt mickelson anyway the uh you're right though that i think for my personal enjoyment ahsoka's voice threw me slightly i didn't have any problem with the performance in general other than just the voice doesn't well quite it's match it's like going to it's like going to see the eagles and the only member from the original group that they have is you know don henley and it's like okay yeah they're they're playing the tunes but you know it, it's so anyway yeah it, it'll be it'll just be interesting there's there's well, something to that and i don't think that you should marry yourself to one person, one voice actor, because they just happen to be the person that first played the character. Correct. Um, but there are certain characters that fans will grow attached to. And and, and here's the thing. And, the, and here's the thing is that it's not like it was just one movie. It's like you got four mm-hmm. seasons of nineteen episodes. Or whatever it was, maybe I guess maybe about fourteen episodes or something like that. So there's yeah. a lot of stuff. That, I mean that Vanessa Marshall's head, you know, voice is is Hera. You know that is that I mean, one. That's one for me. That I mean, absolutely. That's one that will. If the voice isn't similar, it's gonna. It's. Uh, it's yeah, gonna we're gonna be able to give bit. Ezra a pass because he's gonna be old. You know, older. Um, so he's not gonna be the emo kid anymore um so i no, it'll just be interesting and, and i'm not going to just sit there you know with my arms folded and say now win me over but it is going to be something to have to just kind of clear the head so 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 i guess my other question is because we saw this character at the tail end of uh, rebels is we imagine that harrison's son jason Sindola, her son with uh, what's his name now? Kanan uh, is going to be a part of it, but you know he would be what six, seven about this time period if it's happening post when we saw Ahsoka in Mandalorian. So it'll be interesting. I'm still kind of surprised that I, I may it makes sense that they're bringing in Sabine because he's going to be a lot older than six or seven because it was pre. I mean, no, they flash forward with that part. When, yeah, when they but, showed uh, the sun, it was. But I guess um, the last time so we, it might be a... the last time we saw Kanan was uh, when he died. A good couple years before Battle of Yavin. 
and I guess that's kind of my point is that you know yeah, the, the you know he died. I mean, when when we saw a little flash forward at the end, where the, where we see yeah. her piloting the ghost with him, he's a young child, uh, probably about six or seven. So I don't know if that's happening concurrently to this. The other question is, and it's kind of this is what it's kind of making me think is, Ahsoka being with Sabine, looking for Thrawn and Ezra, makes sense because we saw that at the end of Rebels. We knew that that's what they set up to do. I didn't quite expect that Hera would be a part of this. Part of me just thought that Hera would be part of the New Republic. So it makes me wonder kind of where they're going to go with this story or what exactly they've got planned for the show. Because Ahsoka, I mean, I thought Ahsoka's show would be about Ahsoka. It's another thing. Now you're bringing in a, a child that's possibly Force-sensitive. Okay, another child so, who's Force-sensitive in front of Ahsoka. So since we're talking about, you know, we're talking about this right now the ahsoka show here's what um the the article i saw um and the tweet from uh, making star wars um the rumor they're hearing is ahsoka using ahsoka and um anakin battling on mustafar she uses the world between worlds to confront anakin hmm. So, you know, the, what their article was, now it's all speculation. This is all rumors and stuff like that. We do know that Hayden Christensen is going to be in the Ahsoka show. So how would you feel if I, maybe she goes back prior to the Obi-Wan Anakin duel? Obviously, it would have to be prior to. Um, and they have, I, I don't know. We, we talked about this with World Between Worlds, that this could get kind of a little messy. Um, but they also did say that Dave Filoni would not do anything to screw with uh, George Lucas's movies. Edicts. Yeah. I, mean, I think on the face of it, it, it sounds um, a little fan fiction-y, and it also sounds like uh, something that would be out of character for Ahsoka. Um She's she's essentially picking a fight with him. Like I'm gonna go track him down. I can't get revenge on him because he's dead. But, or, maybe but what I if what, what if she's hoping to go and save him? You go and you get you know. Isn't he saved at this point? I mean, he found Jesus. He found his son. I mean, like the whole thing, right at the very end. So, so I you know me personally before we get Fredo's thoughts on me personally I if in the Ahsoka show I want to see Anakin as a Force ghost and that's it that's that's what I want this this makes me nervous if uh, but making Star Wars has a pretty good batting record, record. Right. so anyway Fredo what do you, what do you think and you yeah know, I mean Filoni introduced this in Rebels for a reason well but as you said it no it was an excellent way to have. The cliffhanger at the end of season two of Rebels, and then explaining why Ahsoka's still around. Like, I could understand that at that point. I'm not going to say I'm going to struggle with going back and, you know, because it seems like Dave Filoni's comfortable with using the tools in the stories that he's telling. So that's Clone Wars, Rebels, Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett, now Ahsoka, to continue that shared experience together. He's cognizant of not trying to go back and mess with stuff that happened in the movies. And Vader did appear in both Clone Wars as well as Rebels. No, telling the Clone Wars, he appeared 
Rebels multiple times, and he's been a character who's been involved. So I could see kind of how there's a way to sneak it around. My one concern, and this is the other reason why I brought up the discussion about, you know, Hera, her son, everything is, how much of Ahsoka's story is just going to be Rebel season five? Because yeah. if you're because if you're running back to go, oh, but we want to touch back. It's one thing to say, I want to touch back on this one cool thing that we kind of had in Rebels. We hadn't seen live action. I want to put it in. Cool. But if you're bringing whole storylines and characters and elements, yeah, what point are you just yeah, telling your same story? But you know, I don't. I don't necessarily want it, want this to be Rebel season five. I want this to be a Soka story. I want this to be a story that goes forward because that's where it gets interesting. Maybe Telling the same story gets boring. Maybe maybe Ahsoka is the one who gets Padme on the ship because there's no way 3PO was picking up Padme and dragging her up onto the ship because she's already laying on the gurney when Obi-Wan walks on the ship. So Ahsoka Ahsoka ex machina? Yeah, maybe. Anyway, I just wanted to throw that out there because like I said this is you know, at first with the world between worlds, it's like, yeah, okay, this is kind of cool. And everybody lost their mind over time travel, but it's like, you know, it's one of those things where, okay, use this sparingly. And, and I guess we should trust Dave Filoni, you know, that he's not going to do anything too wild and stupid, but that's ultimately where we're headed with this, right? You either trust them, them or not. I, um, I guess I would, one thing I would say to Fredo's point, well, like, I don't think I want Rebels season five. Is it five? Yeah, it's five, right? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I do want Rebels season five. I mean, I want to see where all those characters go and what they end up. If they're misnaming a show, it wouldn't be the first time that they've done that. Um, or poorly I, naming a show. <laughs> yeah. So Or Boba Fett. Yeah. They would call uh, your show Dave, but that was already taken by the, you know, the presidential movie from the 80s. So. Well, that was that was that was another quality flick right there. That, but uh, that's a different topic for a different day, I think. Uh, uh, but yeah, like this could be it could still be really, really fun and really, really good, um, even if it is like a direct continuation of what we had before because what we had before was so wonderful like all three of us are huge fans of that show spoiler alert to every anybody that might be a new listener we're big fans of that show if you haven't seen it we we all think that everybody should go and watch star wars rebels um but you know like this this could go in any number of directions and we just have to show some faith the Hera stuff Maybe she's not a main character. She's just sort of a touch point. You know, she's yeah. their contact uh, under the New Republic. You know, General Syndulla. It's like, oh, we're tracking Thrawn, and we saw him in this sector. You know, um, could be something along those lines. Um, so, like, yeah, we reserve judgment on all yeah, of this. Yeah, there's any number of ways they can kind of go with it. All right, sorry, I took us down a, a detour there, but it was a fun detour. Um, Fredo, what's the what's the last? I'll give credit to StarWarsNews.net. They did a, we got the full slate reveal of Star Wars content for 2023. So, this is what we're going to get next year. You mean so just starting Disney, in, Pl- Disney Plus in general, or Star yeah, Wars? Yeah, well, Disney Plus. Okay, this is Disney Plus. Uh, Disney reveals full list of Star Wars content. Well, it really is only Disney Plus because there's no movie coming. 
So, uh, so it starts January 4th with Bad Batch. Then we will go to March 1st with The Mandalorian Season 3. So Bad Batch Season 2, Mandalorian Season 3. Uh, they gave you an official synopsis. Does uh, the journeys of the Mandalorian through the Star Wars galaxy continue? Once a lone, a lone bounty hunter, then Jaren is reunited with Grogu. Meanwhile, the New Republic struggles to lead the galaxy away from its dark history. Mandalorian will cross paths with all the allies, make new enemies as he and Grogu continue their journey together. Uh, on and th Okay, so those are two that are confirmed. Everything else is to be determined when it's going to come out, starting with Young Jedi Adventures, which I believe is, yeah, that's an animated show set during the High Republic. Star Wars Season Vision Season 2. That's probably another anthology series. Uh, but the, the good, the interesting thing is they're expanding it beyond Japanese animation. They include animation from Chile, France, Japan, India, Ireland, Spain, South Korea, South Africa, and the UK. Then there's Ahsoka who's coming in, which you know, official synopsis of Ahsoka. Set after the fall of the Empire, Star Wars Ahsoka follows the, the former Jedi Knight Ahsoka Tano as she investigates an emerging threat to a vulnerable galaxy. Uh, let's see. After that, you got Skeleton Crew. By the way, I'm the also one... going to. I'm going to put five dollars down that Thrawn is on Exegol. Wouldn't be surprising. But uh, anyway. yeah, and then uh, Skeleton Crew, which is the set there in the New Republic about a group of kids lost in the galaxy. That's the one that's got Jude Law starring in it. And that is uh, now, of course, you still got Andor season two and the Acolyte season one in production, but those are expected more likely 2024. So you're getting one, two, three, four, uh, five, uh, six, six Star Wars shows. Uh, 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 uh. Now, did we talk about, uh, stop me if we did, did we talk about Patty Jenkins on the show last week or did what did that happen after we got off? Uh, the recording we might have mentioned it after the recording actually i think we may might have mentioned it for a moment dave's but, muted dave you're on mute i'm good like that i think i think we talked about it okay so if you're if you're wondering yeah, what the hell we're talking about tweet us you know find us on twitter or on facebook let us know um uh what what the ask what the hell are you talking about okay cool all right so I mean, it all looks good. And again, it's one of those things where it's like, man, all the Star Wars that we're getting, this is this is awesome. You know, so. And none of it with a movie announcement. None of it is. This is all stuff just coming to Disney Plus. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, in the, in the new year, if we start getting more concrete plans from Lucasfilm as to what they're going to do with their movie slate. Because so far, that's all being kept under wraps. All righty. Uh, and by the way, Fredo, did I see you post something about it was when Indiana Jones 5 comes out, Harrison Ford is going to be, what, 31 years older than Sean Connery was in The Last Crusade? Is that Was that what it was? Something like that. I mean, everybody, the, the joke was that Harrison, when, when Sean Connery played Indiana Jones' dad, he was only like five or six years older than he. He wasn't like whole generation older is just yeah. you know you know <laughs> some some actors request all their uh, female coasters to be younger than they are 
Harrison Ford requested that anybody playing his dad look make him look way younger. So, so, all right. Well, our favorite things, um, and uh, so just the the rules for this because I had to get clarification. Um, it's uh, probably going to be it, mainly Star Wars, but it can be whatever we want. I, I don't know if we how many of us I ventured out of uh star wars um at least once and a very surprising <laughs> thing i that'll be my that'll be my I've, I've got a little twist it's you're not going to expect it um but uh so what we're gonna do is we're just gonna go around the horn each give one and then we'll give our two give our three and just kind of discuss it um and as always since i'm just yammering away i'm going to start it off and i'm going to say um and this was nothing new to anybody else, but it was new to me. And at the top of my list is uh, Galaxy's Edge. I finally got to Galaxy's Edge, um, and I, you know, I got to see the Millennium Falcon. I did the the lightsaber build, um, and it was, you know, like I've said before, that when when I was asked, you know, my reaction, I said it didn't disappoint. You know, it it didn't disappoint. Um, I mean, that's been something I've been, I was hopefully going, I was planning on doing, then COVID hit, and so it got delayed and delayed and delayed. Um, but just, it was, uh, that was just a really neat experience. So um, that was, that's the top of my list. Well, the blue milk is better than the green milk, right? I mean, that's... Actually, um, it's, I can't, we, we got one of each, and we share, I think... I think I like the green milk more than, and Brit liked the blue milk more. I can't remember which one it was, but anyway, neither one is good. loaded with alcohol. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I got the, um, I think Kate was reading off the ingredient list for those the other day to me, and I was like, hey, yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> Red dye number five, blue dye 27, hot, hot. <laughs> Yeah, no, but no, that's a really fun experience. I'm glad you got to go and, and do the lightsaber build and because and, like that's a fun little experience. And You um, know, and that's why that's why I think that Star Wars Prison is going to become just another experience at Galaxy's Edge. It's going to it's not going to be the murder mystery theater um, because that's what they're doing so well with Galaxy's Edge right now is the experience but my worry is that because i did you know I, I, if you remember i did two lightsabers because the one i wanted to purchase the legacy one they didn't have so i was like oh, i'll build another one and it was not as great the second time around so right. you know it's that's my worry is that those things are going to become stale you know and it's it's not going to be Nobody's going to go build a lightsaber unless they have another kid, you know, to go build a lightsaber or, you know, it's because it's, it loses some of its oomph the second time around. You could always borrow a child. Yeah. Somebody will let, lend me your children. I need, I must return to I have no problem going in and buying and building my own lightsaber. It's just like what I'm saying is that it's like, you know, been there, done that. So anyway, mm -hmm. that's my number one, Dave, what's, what's yours? So I always like to um, at least uh, do at, well, at least one video game on this list. Um, uh, after last year, I did that the same thing. 
and I have to acknowledge Breath of the Wild up front because it took over 100 uh, hours of my life away from me, and it was probably my actual favorite game of the year, and I think it's a game everybody wants should play. But I also think pretty much everyone already knows this, uh, unless you've been living under a rock for the last five years. So Metroid Dread is the game for me that I'm, I really want to advocate for because... It's still, even right now, kind of under the radar for people. Um, I think it's the highest-selling Metroid game of all time, but that that that's like three million or so, as opposed to thirty million that you see like the A-list series under Nintendo typically sell for. And so, it's not the kind of Thing that has really sort of taken off in a mainstream way that that some of these other series have still um and so i wanted to make a pitch for it on that basis and if you're you know if you're uninitiated metroid is basically um you're running around in, in an exploratory platformer you're running around you but you don't know where you're going and there are these aliens trying to kill you so it's like alien it's like my dreams like, yeah, it's like Alien, but like a 2D platformer, okay? So this is the basis behind what it is. It, the, the, the basic premise is survival horror, and you don't really know where you're going, and you're kind of wandering around, and there are these aliens trying to kill you. Um, and then the lore gets more and more complicated as you go along, kind of like Alien. Um the three big reasons that I would recommend this particular entry, and this is on the Switch. It came out last fall, um, I think last October. Um, firstly, the game is true to what matters most in Metroid, which is that exact thing. Survival horror, trying like getting spooked, um, trying to survive, and trying to figure out where the frick you're supposed to go at any given moment. Um, you're powering yourself up as you go along. Things that you power yourself up with uh, unlock paths for you that previously weren't open to you. So you end up doing backtracking. You go back to the beginning and you're like, oh, I can access this thing now. And then the whole game opens up for you, right? So this is very true to that spirit of what Metroid was from the very beginning. Um, and it does a good job of that. Uh, two, it introduces these characters called Emmys, which are these robots that are basically unbeatable. And they can they can track you through sections of the game. You, go, you enter a certain section of the game and you know the way that it's marked. Are these, there's this killer robot that's going to chase you through this zone. And you can't do anything about it. All you have to do is run. You can hide, you can do a couple of other things, but you cannot defeat this robot. And so the name becomes super apt. Metroid Dread. You get to a section of the game and you're like, oh gosh, this this robot's going to chase me now and I'm going to die. This is terrible. Um, and and so like that, they, they graft onto the, the original game um, and it's really, really fun. Um but then, like, finally, it also is the smoothest controlling game I've maybe ever played in my entire life. 
like when you're telling your character what to do on the screen it's responsive as all get out it feels perfect i mean for lack of a better term perfect you know smooth as a baby's butt it's just it's exactly the way that you would want the the game to control so like that's it those are the three things it's it's very metroidy it has the the these sections of complete and utter dread which are awesome and then it controls amazingly and that's what makes it an amazing amazing metroid game and everybody who has uh ever had an inkling of uh, uh likability for metroid as a series owes it to themselves to play this game and and my spiel is done Fredo. so uh i'll start with a game as well as dave because i'm keeping in star wars uh i'm gonna sing the praises of lego star wars skywalker saga which was just a fun fun game i mean there are some days where i was like it's nuts it's not enough of a challenge that you have to pay attention to it but it's not heavy or serious enough that's one of the things i always struggle with some of the games like i love breath of the wild but it's like i need to be sitting down and focus on it there can't be any distractions whereas with uh star wars skywalker saga I could be playing it, there'd be a basketball game or something going on, or I'd be doing something else. It's something where you, it's just, it's silly, it's goofy, it's fun. A lot of times, sometimes particularly this year, I was just looking for stuff that was just like, okay, the world is getting heavy and depressing. Let's find stuff that's light and fun. And this was just perfect for that. They get all the little characters just right. The way they kind of give their little twist to... Uh, the entire Skywalker saga was interesting and fun and the way they made it. And then, of course, you can just free play and go collect every little character and every ship and everything. So there's a little element of a challenge there. But overall, I just found it was just such a fun time. And again, it was, you know, when, when I needed just pick up something and just go and it was just I could just spend a couple of hours on it, put it back down and just. And I found it would really help me just to kind of clog my brain. So, Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga. I think there's like multiple kinds of games that can appeal to a person. Like one is mm-hmm. the immersive experience where you're like oh, yeah. the... all in. And then the other Those is... Those are awesome. And then the, the mindless one that you can mm-hmm. just sort of pluck away at while you're just watching TV or doing something else. And... Yeah, I, and I think, you know, I love those immersive ones because they're... Uh, whether it's something like God of War Ragnarok or uh, some of the Metrovania stuff, it, it's really exciting and interesting. But yeah, it's like you got to be in the right frame. It's almost like reading a book. You got to be in the right mm-hmm. frame or watching a movie. You got to be in the right frame of mind to do it. Otherwise, if you're going to find yourself doing, why, why, am I, why am I doing this? I'm going to stop. So, yeah. So I'm going to I'm gonna go really easy, uh, really softball on this next one. Um, and that's just the... Uh, uh, I'm, I'm just going to put Disney Plus. I'll, I'll talk specifically about uh, one or two in my list later. But just in general, um, the fact that we got um, the Book of Boba Fett, we got especially Kenobi, and we got Andor. Um, those were just, th- those were delight. You know, I mean, we had our problems with Book of Boba Fett, but... Um, 
it was just it, it was like long time coming type it was just those just three great shows that were on disney plus all in this year and that's you know we've talked about it before it's like people who are we were saying man when's the next movie it's like dude you just got like not three movies but you got you know basically in essence three trilogies you know it's like when you talk about just the sheer time you know that they of you know the runtime of those and and it wasn't like it's the fact that we got ewan mcgregor as obi-wan and and hayden was as was anakin we got you know um it's it, it was it's just well done stuff um like i said i've got a couple specific things that i'm going to pick out earlier but um, this was just a hands down a great year for star wars content on disney plus well said um i i nearly went with andor um but i thought that would be kind of an obvious pick well Um, here's the funny thing is that andor was on my list and then I, i was trying to remember the name of something else i was going to call out and so i opened up disney plus just now i was like Oh yeah, that came out. Oh yeah, that came out. Oh, okay, well I'm just changing mine to just Disney Plus. So that was, I mean, Star Wars on Disney Plus. Um, so sorry, Dave, I stepped on you, but that was, yeah, I. Yeah, no, it's your item. Uh, I and I, I agree. You know, um, I, 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 I shared a stat with you guys yesterday. I think where it was like over fifty percent or over sixty percent of subscribers are uh, adults without children. And um, I know that like, for some people that might be a little surprising. Well, no, it isn't. You know, this, I, I didn't reply back in the thread with this, but it's that whole, man, it's like there's no gray area on how people feel about this, but it's that whole Disney adult, you know, thing. Yeah. You know, Brittany and I are Disney adults. We, lo- we don't have kids. We love going to Disney World because you know what? Yeah. It, it makes me forget that I'm going to be 50 in February. You know, it's like it's it, when you go to Disney World, it is just like you, it is total escapism. It is total just uh, like it reminds you of, you know, things when you were a kid and brings back memories. Now, the Disney adults who are D-holes are the ones who like will push kids out of the way or demand their stuff over, you know, everybody. So... So I get that, but you know, we all grew up with these Disney movies, and if you don't, I mean, I like them, you know, and I, I want the Disney, and I like Star Wars, but it's like, you know, I don't understand, you know. So so no, I am not surprised by that at all. Um, I so. also think the point being that the, these shows have a lot of appeal to people that aren't just children. It's like somebody might be listening to this and think Disney Plus, you know, isn't that just for kids? And it's like, well, no. Well, and just <laughs> not at all. Just go back and, and just to watch like, you know, the Lion King, you know, the animated Lion King. And just remember what it was like I said, what it was like before you had bills to pay. You know, it's just that that's mm-hmm. I mean, it's yeah. So I get it. It's like people think maybe it's nothing but snow white and the seven dwarfs but there's a lot of good stuff on disney plus but from star wars content this year I, I this has been their best year so bold statement sir i i think it was i mean 
how hard it, we said it was going to be difficult to top the Mandalorian, and then their second year, they you know, they swung for the stands again. Fredo, I'm going to come in and help you. Now I was going to say I was going to come in and help you, but I'll let Dave go next. Uh, yeah. So I almost went with Andor, um, but I, again, I thought that'd be too obvious. Um, if you're listening to this and you haven't started watching that show, you should start watching that show. We all love it. Um, you know, it seems strange to even say this now, but I feel like Stranger Things has sort of fallen off of people's radars a little bit. And that's insane because over the summer, like running up that hill was like literally everywhere. But can I, can I give a confession real quick? Okay. I'd never heard that song before in my life. I thought that was just <laughs> something that they made for Stranger Things. And Brittany was like, are you serious? I'm like, I've never, never heard this. I mean, I'd listen, I'd listen to the radio and listen to all. i never, never heard this song. Anyway, go ahead. Well, that was, um, my wife uh, always liked that song a great deal. Um, and so that was, that was where a lot of my familiarity with it came from. But like... Um, and then Master the, of Puppets. Yeah, there you go. I, I've heard Master of Puppets several times, but yeah. I've never heard the Kate Bush one. But anyway, go ahead. Well, I think like the the thing with Stranger Things is that um, it's not really it wasn't on center stage in quite the same way that I think that it had been in in previous seasons. And I think like some people have just sort of like maybe jumped off of the ship, or they didn't like the way a particular season went. Um, or maybe they didn't enjoy this season as much. Um, There's also a lot of distance between this season and the previous season. So there I had think, been a lot of time and, that had passed. And yeah. Disney Plus came into being in that time span. The kids so. grew up. I mean, there's no denying that those kids are not going to be kids for much longer. <laughs> no, yeah, that's why they're rushing now because they they took their time coming out with this one, but now they're like, yeah, we got to hurry up and finish. Um, but honestly, I really liked it. I liked I liked this season a lot. Um, I thought the subplot with the Russian prison stuff stuff was was a little bit silly at times. Um, but like you kind of needed that as a change of pace from some of the more serious moments. Um, I think most of the main characters are still really compelling to watch. These actors are great. They've been great. They continue to be great. Um, I liked the. I like the themes on display of the whole Satanist uh, hard rock subculture thing that had been going on back then. And like people, if they didn't live through that, they might be a little confused by all of that. But it was it was a thing. <laughs> it was very much a thing. Um, and the, the way that they were able to sort of loudly rebuke that. I think is super timely too right now because we're going into this far right place in so, this country with people and it's just not a good situation. And and so like for any kind of pushback that we see in, in pop culture, I'm all for it. So can I jump on your coattails here for a second? Yeah. The, the rock and roll hall of fame uh, ceremony was just played on HBO max. It was, and uh, Judas priest was um, inducted. And so when they went up and gave their, um, you know, each one of them gave their expect acceptance, uh, the lead singer comes up and he, the uh -huh. first thing, the first thing he says is, 
I'm the gay one. And, and applause just went, you know, it just erupted. And then he started saying exactly what you're talking about. It said people on the outside looking at the heavy metal scene in the eighties, they were, they saw us as like evil and they thought we we're, you know, scary. You know, they was looked scary and said, yeah, we probably look scary. But he said, there's not a community that is more open to, it doesn't matter what your sexual preference is, what your, um, you know, creed, what your creed or lack of creed or, you know, um, you know, color or anything like that. It talked about this community being probably one of the most accepting, you know, communities in rock and roll. And I thought that was really kind of interesting, especially after what you just said. I mean, and I remember seeing Iron Maiden and Judas Priest t-shirts and going, Ooh, that looks kind of, you know, like, what is this? But then you listen to their music and it's like, this is kind of some pansy stuff. I mean, it, I mean the lyrics anyway, it's like, they're, they're singing about the same thing that Richard Marks is singing about, but just with heavier guitars, you know? So anyway, uh, sorry, Dave. It's all right. It was always, no, it was always funny that everybody, uh, Rob Halford is his name. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, one of the greatest voices in rock and metal history ever, Dude is actually like actually gifted, uh, but it's funny because he came out back in the late nineties, yeah. late two thousands, and everybody went, "Okay, cool, let's go." And this wasn't what their height of their popularity. So, but it was just yeah, it's amazing to think it's like yeah, I'm the, I'm the gay one. You're like, really? Okay, Rob, I guess you have to tell us. <laughs> uh, speaking of that, I'm actually gonna jump on that because for me, just as you said, Star Wars and Disney Plus, I'm gonna give a huge kudos to what the MCU did at Disney Plus. That was my favorite, one of my favorite things. Whether it was Moon Knight, which was just fun, and then Miss Marvel, Seahawk. Like, there was a lot of stuff, and this is a year where I think a lot of people did not like the have not liked the MCU Phase 4. I think even uh, JP last week said yeah. he's not been a fan. And I'm like, are you not seeing like all the representation that they're given, all the variety that they're given? And I think that's the thing that I'm really, really loving about this phase four is they're not just, oh, we're not just putting, giving you a Black Widow movie with Scarlett uh, Johansson as the lead. We're giving you a TV show with a young Pakistani American girl who geeks out at every red carpet that she's in uh, as your lead. And it's fun and awesome and wholesome. We're giving you a She-Hulk that's silly and fun we're giving you a moon night that's all over the place and i just think they did tremendously this year and one of the things that i've come to realize and you know with phase four of the mcu is they had to go with where they're going because they're now tackling systems this is moved beyond just a good guy in a costume fights a bad guy in a costume now you're talking about a good guy or a good girl a good person in a costume trying to tackle and overcome systems of oppression, systems of tyranny, systems that that keep people back, whether it's the TVA in Loki, whether it's, uh, you know, the Egyptian gods in, in Moon Knight, whether it's just simply your mom's love trying to keep you at home and safe in Miss Marvel. I think they did a tremendous job, and it's going to be interesting to see where they go to next after uh, Ant-Man 3 closes Phase 4 out. But yeah, that was, that was one of the things I really loved. I think, uh, and I agree with you 100% of everything you said, but I also uh, agree and I understood where JP was, was coming from is that it is because the 
the first three phases of the MCU was it's obvious what it was leading up to and it was you could see the connections and now it that's not as obvious it with all Secret of these wars you know but Secret it's it's wars. not as obvious and so and i think but i think it would be you know yeah it's that's what i think people are struggling with and, we, and so marvel uh, made their own monster and now they're they're having a hard time you know reminding people of you know just be patient because you know anyway all the comic book nerds were te- like me were telling you in 2012 infinity saga infinity gauntlet in 2012 when we saw that half glimpse of thanos and everybody's like well who's that i'm telling you secret wars yeah. battle world uh, in five seven years when that's blowing everybody's minds i'm gonna be here going oh just so <laughs> we know right we do know that we know where we're headed and uh not only because they've announced it right but um it, i think the point being like a lot of the shows and properties that are out now there's not a direct or obvious link to the overarching narrative or story that we're supposed yeah. to be adored and i think like that's where the critique comes in um i i love she for what it was but it very much felt like a kind of a it's its own thing it's the david s pumpkins of the and it will be interesting to see what that what she looks like what what the cg looks like when they actually have more allowance to spend because that was some of the things in she hulk that made me just every now and again it looks like okay this isn't the finished product they they could only get so far and it you know anyway but uh, I think that'll be interesting to see. So I, I also dug it. Yeah, I'll only say this. I think the one thing they realize is they have to get people to care about these characters. And that's what they're doing. They want you to know who they are, what they're about, what they're doing. Just because the moment that they start throwing them into the meat grinder, that's going to be the talent. Look, the, way, the reason everybody was so emotional at the end of Infinity War wasn't because Infinity War snapped them away. Is because you had spent so many hours and years getting to know every character, whether it was Tom Holland's Spider-Man or Anthony Mackie's Falcon, whoever it was. Every one of these characters that you'd known and laughed with and followed all of a sudden was gone. So you have to build that emotional connection. Yeah. And you can't just simply do that by upping the stakes and saying, well, now we're going to show you this character in the biggest part of their life and then the next biggest part of their life. So I'm okay with them doing this. I know it's it's not going to connect with everybody, but at the same time, there is a road. We're yeah, yeah, not everything is going to connect with everyone, but I 100% agree with you because when I watched um, Black Panther, there was one character in particular that felt very shoehorned in that didn't do it for me because she was not well-developed. That's all I'll say about that. <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to figure out who you're talking about. Oh, well. <laughs> well, well, I guess we'll talk offline. Yeah. Uh, all right, my next one. I'm, this is one I'm going to throw my curveball because I've been talking about Star Wars stuff, uh, but I'm going to go with the musical six. So, Britt and I just saw this uh, a couple weeks ago, um, and one of our 
we 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 have season tickets to the Sanger, so we see you know the traveling Broadway shows, and it's usually there's you know some uh, you know classics like I think Fiddler on the Roof is coming up. You know, you know we've seen Les Mis, we've seen you know we you know, all the classics, and we it's like felt like broadway kind of well okay so then you get what's big now are these what we call the jukebox musicals for example um it, it's just uh, mamma mia yeah yeah mamma mia rock of ages uh, right rock you know, of ages and rock of ages was actually pretty good but but it's there was it's just uh or like the Gloria stuff on one which was good it was talking about her life but it's just like we're okay now we're just going to put her hits in there so it's like we're not we're not really doing anything compositionally that's interesting hamilton was the first one that it seemed like it was a totally new you know it, compositionally it was it was incredible so anyway that's been our criticism of the new ones that have come out are all these kind of jukebox stuff well anyway uh we six was a couple weeks ago and the and we had heard never heard any of the music and actually, and Britt said, I'm not going to, I don't want to, I just want to be, hit it totally fresh. All we knew is that it's about um, the six wives of Henry VIII. And the whole premise is that they are a girl band, like, a, you know, like a late 90s, early 2000s girl band, think Spice Girls. Um, and they're trying to, they're basically competing of who had who had it worse with Henry VIII, you know, and the music is, it's pop but it's original, it's you know, covers of various pop styles, and it was just fun. It was the most fun we've had at a musical for a while. I mean, we loved the classics, but it's like you know when we went and saw Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville, it was kind of like, eh, you know. Um, but this one, like I said, it was enjoy and the, oh my goodness, we're like, okay, we're the old people who are, are, who are like out of it right now because there was a lot of young people there and my God, they were like on fire over this musical. So as a music teacher, that's also fun when you see young kids getting excited about going to see something at the theater and, you know, not, not just, um, watching TikTok. That made me sound like a really old guy, but you know, but that, but that's really exciting. And like I said, this musical, it was like I said, it was very original. It was fun. Um, and it wasn't just your, you know, they just didn't do it. It was just, it was just really good. So I highly recommend it. So. So right quick, this Margaritaville come with a two pina colada minimum. <laughs> um, oh yeah, that was, <laughs> And it, for it was like one of those things where you have to like you know five minutes in you go okay this is what we're in for all right just again you have to lower the expectations bar and just i'm listening to jimmy buffett music and it's just it's it's mcdonald's cheeseburger time you know what i mean mm-hmm. um so um yeah we're not we're not getting fan of the opera folks but that's the problem is that it seems like creativity um is is becoming less and less it's like okay so i mean the three of us could sit there and grab our cds off the the shelf and we could design a musical and not write one piece of music and and i'm sorry to all the music people out there listening 
arranging music is not the same as composing music. I have arranged music before. You know, it's like I've taken a rock song and arranged it for a marching band. That doesn't, that's different than somebody putting pen to paper and writing something 100% original and telling a story at the same time, writing a libretto to that. You know, that's becoming a lost art form. Um, and so it was nice to see that, you know, like I said, with Hamilton and now with, with Six. And there are others as well. There have been others that we've seen that have been really, really good. Um, but I just wanted to call out Six because it was the most recent one. So Hades Town is another really good one. Hades Town is really, really cool. But anyway. Well, that's awesome. I agree with you. Like when you, I think people should be shouted out when they're achieving a higher level of difficulty in what they're doing and so um on that level alone I'm, I'm, i tend to agree with you i think those those kinds of people need to be shouted out so um speaking of creativity uh my movie pick uh everything everywhere all at once stole one of mine oh i did okay well then we can both sort of wax poetic about this um i love it um so this counts as both of your turns is that what we're doing here okay i don't know you know i've already got all alternates lined up too so you. you know like go kinda, for it go dave go yeah. um my standard caveat with all recommendations is this not everyone is going to enjoy this particular thing but everyone should try it on for size to decide if they would like this um i lost my crap laughing at this movie again like humor subjectives certain people are going to find certain things funny and other things not but i lost it watching this movie on multiple times and like you know where you're hurting from laughing um and your face hurts from laughing, you know, like that level of laughing. So I don't want to spoil the movie. Aaron, you've, have you I seen, seen this it. one? I haven't seen it. Nope. Okay. All right. I don't want to portray it as some genius level. It's not, it's not the funniest movie since Animal House. <laughs> and I don't want to build up expectations too high. Funniest movie since Animal House. But it's also not a movie that's just strictly goofy which I've seen some pushback from some critics, like their end of year lists are coming out like movies of the year, you know, and people are listing this movie and other critics are like, no, it's too dumb. It's not highbrow enough. Right. Um, but I think this movie really sort of breaks across genres in, in a lot of ways. It's not easily definable because you can't just say it's a screwball comedy and say that that's what it is. It is not that um i give, give think the, that, give the inside cover synopsis well again i don't want to spoil too much about That's, what goes on with it um like i said just the elevator pitch uh chinese mom struggling to hold family together is tasked by the very similitudes of fate into the role of having to save the universe. That, that's the shortest 
elevator pitch I can give you without spoiling anything. Right on. And yeah, Dave's 100% right. It's what I find interesting. I mean, it is. It's funny without being a comedy. There's serious moments without being a drama. There's moments in which it sits down and actually gets serious about its emotions, without it being like heavy. And there's moments that are just flat out bonkers. Just like there's there's action. There's there's a few moments where you're just gonna go, oh my god, are you really kidding me? We're doing this, and they are. And uh, what a, the two highlights for me? I mean, obviously Michelle Yeoh is the star. She nails it. She's gonna get an Academy Award nomination if she doesn't burn the Oscars to the ground uh, because it's just it's epic. Uh, and she she throws herself at it in such a way uh, that's just awesome. I, but I also got to highlight Kehu Kwan, who aka Short Round, who finally made his comeback after years and years of, I, I mean, walking away from Hollywood for a decade because he's like, there's no roles here for me, and they finally got a role that allowed him to be silly, goofy, suave, fun. It was just the the two of them have such great dynamic. Uh, yeah, yeah, Aaron. If you see it for no other reason, you got to see it for the return of Short Round. Um, because again, like like Fredo said, he's been out of acting for so long. Okie dokie, Doctor right Jones, and he's he's incredible in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you, like heartfelt performance, right? You end end up really feeling for his character. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess like if I had to like sum it up, right? Like, why should you see this movie? Regardless of what the plot is and the stars, etc., it's unique. We've been talking about the homogenized MCU Star Wars, which is the same properties, sequel after sequel after sequel, and they all look the same. Um, and, and like, there's some legitimacy to those sorts of criticisms in the entertainment industry right now. And this is an opportunity to sort of like throw your middle finger up in the air at all of that and say, I'm going to support something that is unique and interesting. Cool. Yeah. So that, that, so I don't know, Fredo, you have anything else to add? uh, No, no, realistically, that's the guy. Yeah. That's, that's pretty much it. It's a great movie. It's for me, it was one of the few times where I felt compelled to go to a movie theater this year. And I was so glad that I did. It was just really a really creative and inventive fun movie. Again, not it's not breaking the bank. It's not doing, you know, you, you don't expect to go in there and get something wildly outlandish and different. Once you know kind of the conceits or where the trappings are, you kind of know where stuff is going. But between the message and the way that it gets there, it's just a fun ride. And uh, I enjoyed everything. And it's, it's unique enough that it makes you go, I want to, you know, you're not going to see anything like it. For the rest of the year so yeah recommend it so my number four i'm taking this back to star wars um was seeing ahsoka and luke and r2d2 all in the same place all at the same time that was just i mean it it had no business being in the book of boba fett but that was a moment that was just, I mean, I, I just, I just was, it's such a great moment in, in the star Wars storytelling to see, you know, knowing you always wondered, did Ahsoka know about Luke? Did Luke know about Ahsoka? You know, um, 
and to to see them having a moment and talking about you know even just in generalities about Anakin and like I said and for R2 to be there as well uh, like I said it was just it was just a great moment so um, like I said did not belong in the book of Boba Fett but it was an awesome <laughs> it was an awesome moment would it uh, would it rank up there with the uh, Luke cameo at the end of uh, oh, I think it's better season two yeah I, I think it's better um, that was I mean that was that was fun and that was cool it wasn't as uh, I think emotional because again you go into all the Clone Wars episodes of you know and the relationship of Ahsoka and Anakin and knowing where both of them end up and then you know Luke's story like it it was just I think, I think it was more meaningful. The Luke thing at the end of the Mandalorian, you know, season two was awesome. Um, but this was just a, just a great moment in Star Wars. And I don't think it gets talked about enough. But um, and I hope there's not I hope there's not more. I kind of hope that it's just kind of left there. You know, um, I don't I don't want to see a bunch of Luke in the Ahsoka show. Um, just knowing that they had communication is like, that's kind of enough, you know, that's kind of enough. So I was anyway. just thinking of beer fest for some reason when like he burps and they're like, no, wait, let's bask in it. <laughs> <laughs> let's just bask in that moment. Right? Um, I'm going to let Fredo go ahead of me because I've already stolen one of his. Uh, I don't want <laughs> to do, do that again. Sounds good. Sounds good. No, by the way, I love that moment. It was just perfectly it was well done and, and i always like that i always like when when you get get those the, the the streams cross and you get little moments like that that's why when they happen naturally they're perfect when you manufacture them they kind of feel weird uh i'm gonna go away from star wars again and i'm gonna mention and i don't know if either of you saw this series the sandman on netflix which if you never if you've never seen okay i recommend everybody see it because it's awesome but the Sandman, I mean, if you've ever read the graphic novels, the comic books that it's based on, it's a volume, it's a 120 uh, issue series. It's about the most creative. This one I will hype, Dave. This one I will go uh, put in things in Scottish because when you think about the comic book medium, graphic novels, it is as high art as the sucker gets, the, the, the comic book by Neil Gaiman. Just the concepts, the ideas, the elements. I mean, it... it there's every reason to say this should not have worked that series as an adaptation as well as it did. I mean, casting, whether it was Dream, uh, the storyline, that how he gets trapped, how he gets released, he gets his... Uh, there were whole episodes that were just stolen right from, taken right from the graphic novel and put in to live action. And, you know, this, is a, this was a graphic novel series that came out in the early to mid-90s. And so... And, 30 some odd years later, it is still having such a tremendous impact on anybody who reads it. It's, I can't wait for season two. It's just, it's creative, it's fun, it's dark. This is not a kid show. This is, the episode in the diner is not for kids. The episode where they go to the serial killer convention is not for kids, surprisingly enough. But I love that it's, uh, in, in the midst of all that, it's very much a human story, and I love that about it. I cannot wait for, for them to start telling some of those other fun stories in it. The next one I wanted to uh, shout out was um, courtesy of my wife, 
who got me into this and it's um neil francis and um i have to explain briefly i think there are a couple of different artists musicians that came out recently with albums called neil francis so there's some there's a potential for confusion there this guy spells his name uh n-e-a-l f-r-a-n-c-i-s his album is called in plain sight and you can listen to this thing beginning to end and just like dig on it take a look around tell me what you find problems that you have aren't the ones on your mind and you can't stop the rain got this 70s studio aesthetic to it where you're listening to like a funky almost stevie wonder-esque sort of influence vibe um and it just grooves and it just rocks and it's fun and it's it's like you're gonna you're gonna pull into jazz and funk and blues and this kind of groovy, smooth sound that, you know, with the, the, the plugged in keyboards, you know, that sounds like that studio sound um, from that era. Um, like he's like re- really tapped into that and really sort of just recreated it. Um, he's toured here a couple of times. He works with local musicians on the regular. Um, he spent time here. Um I, I I think he's coming back for Jazz Fest um, in a few months. So if anybody here locally is like, I'm curious about this now that you're that you're talking about this guy, he's coming soon. Um, you have time to check out his music and decide if it's for you or not. Um, I do think a lot of people are sort of dabbling in funk nowadays. I don't know if that's like a popular sound for people. Um, and I think people could do just fine sticking with, you know, your stalwarts like Stevie Wonder, etc. Um, but I think if you want to branch out at all, I think Neil Francis is a really, really fun, fun guy to check out. And Kate and I have just really enjoyed listening to him. All right. So I guess it's it's my turn for the last one. And um, I, I guess... Uh... I'm I'm staying on the Star Wars train here, kind of. Actually, this is this is Star Wars adjacent, um, but very much in Disney Plus. Uh, excellent documentary series on ILM called Light and Magic. Um, it just that is, I can never get enough of watching documentaries on ILM and seeing how they formed. Um, you know, it. I mean, it starts from the very beginning. Um, seeing what they're, you know, how they evolved, um, and some of the, you know, the, 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 the most interesting type things was like, you know, uh, Phil Tippett was a huge model mate. Well, big stop motion guy with ILM, you know, he did, he was responsible for the chessboard, um, for the Rancor, things like that. And then when ILM started shifting into CG, and seeing him kind of get shoved out of a job, it, just seeing that aspect of, like I said, ILM's um, evolution um, 
Very, very, very interesting. So it's a great documentary. So I don't have much more to say about it, except that was one of my favorite things to watch on Disney Plus this year. So Bill Tippett with the infamous dinosaur meme. There were dinosaurs in the kitchen, Phil, in the <laughs> dang kitchen. Because <laughs> I think I think his credit in, in Jurassic Park is dinosaur expert or something like that. So, so your turn, Dave, or mine? Go ahead. Okay, so... Since you mentioned music, I'm going to mention, so this entire year I've been listening to, trying to listen to as much new music as possible, even though mostly by being a metalhead, I've been sticking to that neck of the woods. And I think as of last count, I've been, I've listened to like 95 albums this year. So it's a lot, been a lot, which is, yeah, Dave plays video games. I I don't have the time patience for that, but I'll sit down and listen to a record. Uh, I'm going to highlight, uh, it's two records from a couple of years ago, actually one's five years, one's three years, from Canadian Power Metal. So it's a band called Unleash the Archers. They did a two album set. One came out in 2017 called Apex. One came out in 2020 called Abyss. It's Imagine an MCU movie, but in album format. <laughs> Because they tell this cohesive story about this character who's immortal and is doomed to obey whoever controls him's mandate. And he's rescued, you know, he's taken under the power of an evil queen and he's got to go kill her son so she lives forever. So that's the first album. And then the second album's all about how he gets rescued by the grandson of the evil queen and he's got to find a way to defeat her. And it's just epic solos, huge guitar riffs, monster hooks. And at the middle of it, their lead singer is this uh, woman by the name of Brittany Hayes, who's a mezzo-soprano. So she's hitting the high highs and the low lows. It's epic. And, I mean, if you've ever... It, it's music to D&D buy. It's music to, you know, game buy. <laughs> it is... It is... Yes, what you're picturing... Because, again, it's power metal. And I, I, I always recognize that it is the cheesiest of all the cheesy... I, I'm just saying, uh, I think that's probably the first time anybody in the history of the world has ever said music to D&D buy. <laughs> I'm not lying. You listen to it because it's... I don't I mean, you're doubt talking, you. I'm just laughing at the phrase. Anyway. But it's, it is music to get... It is designed for that, and it is awesome. And if if you want to hear, like, multiple or, you know, virtuoso guitar solos, they got them big heavy hooks it's just fun and again i kept I, I was surprised that in the year in which i also listened to a lot of different stuff i kept coming back to those albums by the way i was able to get the latter one on sale eventually for like 30 bucks the first one the one that's five years old has been out of print since like the cheapest version you can find is like 300 dollars. wow because when people find it they're like oh my god it's like it's like when you think about the best way you can do that kind of music this is probably as good as it gets because it, it leans into everything that it does and it does it so much better. So, By the way, I'm going yeah, to unleash the archers. I'm going to jump on your, your coattails here for a second. Um, first of all, one of my favorite uh, Celtic rock bands is called Enter the Haggis and they're from Canada. So Canadians make awesome band names. Yes, they do. Um, but uh, no, you know, I, I'd like to like recant one of mine, you know, one of my, choices or maybe just throw an honorable mention here because you're talking about music and it made me think i for, totally forgot about eddie vetter's um solo album Great earthlings album. um 
I told Brittany when that came out, I said, it's the first album in a long time that I just can't stop listening to and that I would listen to every single track. And it's, it has, it at times sounds like the Beatles and it sounds like, um, Peter Gabriel and it sounds like, um, Tom Petty. It sounds like Bruce Springsteen. It's like everything, but Pearl Jam, right? It sounds nothing like Pearl Jam at all. And it is just, uh, um, so that, that's been one, like I said, if it's, I get excited when one of the songs comes on my playlist when I'm driving in my car. So it's just a very, very, very good album. And actually you guys got to find the, uh, YouTube clip, um, at a show they covered the cure, um, just like heaven. And they learned it like 30 minutes before they went on. And it's awesome. So, uh, just yeah anyway sorry i this i no, jumped on your coattails, i agree 100 percent with you it was one it was one of my favorite albums this year because i mean it's exactly nothing like a pearl jam album. i even i even think i told you like if they had put this out as a pearl jam album i think people would have rioted yeah because it sounds nothing like they're saying i love I pearl jam and this was oh, yeah, like, no, no. this this album is great yeah this was an opportunity for him to kind of do stuff like i mean he has a duet in there with elton john yeah like it, which is fun. It's really great song, and and I think this allowed him to kind of lean into his, um, his idols, lean into his influences, get a lot of stuff that, you know, again, there's an identity to Pearl Jam that this would not have fit, and but he needs to get it out, and that's perfect. It was, it's really well done album. And by the way, I also want to say that I know that Richard Marks never sang anything like Breaking the Law, but, um, so anyway, go ahead, Dave. What's your what's your final one? I'll just end this on a lighter note. Uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. I still haven't seen that yet. I guess I'll watch it this weekend. I adored this. Um, for someone that had a bit of a sour taste with the MCU and like where we've been, and there's uh, like the movies have been like kind of not doing it for me. Um, television shows have mostly been working, but some of that feels a little bit like too much of a time investment um this thing you're in and out in like 45 minutes um and it's delightful it's it you know it leans into every trope christmas trope that you possibly could but it does it in an elegant way um where you don't feel necessarily like this has been done 5,000 times before um, or even maybe you don't mind that it's been done 5,000 times before because it's it's just so earnest um, again the humor mileage may vary um, I thought it was really funny um, but we really enjoyed uh, the musical numbers um, the musical choices, you know, James Gunn, like every time he crushes it, he picks the perfect song for his movie every time. Um, and this is this is the case here. Um, and you have a nice cameo with the old 97s. If you're anybody's familiar with them. Swaddled and snuggled, whispered too fussed over, tickled and cuddled. When we grow up, things get muddled, and here it is.
is Christmas time. Um, and it's just, um, like I said, just delightful, fun, lighthearted, kind, enjoyable. And, like, I didn't really realize that I wanted to see these characters again quite so much. I think, like, I'd seen the Thor sequel, I'd seen the Doctor Strange sequel, I'd seen the Winter Soldier television show, I'd seen these characters, and it'd been okay. And so I had a little bit of trepidation, like, coming into this, um, just because it's like, well, I guess, okay, we're going to see Star-Lord and everyone else, okay, we'll see them. I didn't know that I needed them in my life again, um, mm. and as it turns out, I did. And uh, and now I'm really excited for their movie. You know, God help me. I'm, you know, they got, <laughs> you know, I'm I, I'm going to fall into the trap again with a, with a Marvel movie and and probably go see this thing uh, in the theater. But um, uh, like I said, small time investment. Um, it's hard is in the right place. Really enjoyable. I was surprised at how quickly it went. I, I really thought mm. it was going to be like 90 minutes. No, it's it's under an hour and it comes and does its fun stuff and gets out. And I really could have spent another 20, 25, 30 minutes with it. But I also think this is where they're being smart and going, we're going to leave you wanting more because otherwise a lot mm. of the jokes will get old and tired. But I also they did a good job structuring the way they did, highlighting the Guardians the way they did, making it so it's not what you you know what i was thinking it was going to be is and, uh, uh is bradley cooper the voice of rocket mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah they get they get rock they get bradley cooper they get vin diesel they got the whole gang here and uh but i think they find a good way to do it in a way in which it is a christmas special it is heartwarming it's all the christmasy stuff you want to get out of a christmas special and yet it's not it's done in a different way so that it doesn't feel like when you get to the end and you go I knew you were going to take me here, but I didn't realize you were going to take me on this route. And I enjoyed it for that. So I threw an honorable mention in, snuck it in. uh, So you each get one brief one if you got one. Um, So an honorable mention that almost made your list or should have made your list or you forgot about. Only Murders in the Building. Uh, I don't know if either of you guys have watched any of that. It's the... um, it's like the murder mystery show on Hulu starring Steve Martin and Martin Short. Um, and uh, I've gotten into it and it's a lot of fun. It, these these two goofballs trying to do a murder mystery sort of podcast um, and find yeah. themselves sort of falling into that sounds uh, the murder a little bit deeper than they might have liked. And what's it called again? Uh, only murders in the building all right and it's on hulu and uh it's 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 a lot of fun there's it's it's quite good i like it a lot yeah honorable mention the one i'll highlight is if you haven't seen prey which is also on hulu you should it's the predator prequel done with uh the predator predator ancestor taking on this native american tribe and it's awesome and it's brutal and it's fun and it's really done well i mean in in a in a year in which a lot of people are complaining about quote unquote whoa you know please don't you know vomit buckets up to the side if you heard that word uh 
I it it found a way to tell its story and do it in a in a really ingenious way. Particularly when you talk a lot about a lot of these legacy franchises, it's very easy to just try to redo the you no know, recycle, do the same thing over and over. Kind of like you're talking about the uh, pop culture uh, play uh, theater plays, right. Aaron, mm-hmm. where it's just easy to just grab grab the ten hit singles, we'll put them into the show, we'll find a, a story around them. Whereas, and it's very easy to do that with sci-fi horror fantasy you know just hit the tropes hit the highlights let have the character say the line and we move on and i found out that they did it they did this movie in a different way that was actually respectful of of all things the predator franchise and it was done unique it was a unique thing so i don't know if there's going to be a sequel maybe there will be maybe there won't be i just thought it was really well done and i enjoyed it so if you if you're stuck at home needing to watch stuff watch that well, hey, cool, everybody. Thanks for listening to our five favorite things. Uh, let us know what yours have been through this year. You can hit us up on Twitter or on Facebook. Um, but uh, I want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa. Um, so whatever you are celebrating and whatever you are doing in this holiday season, hope that it is awesome and uh, just, oh, yeah, just, just awesome. Um and uh, if you're in the New Orleans, well, actually, apparently anywhere in the United States, stay warm. Um, but especially if you're in New Orleans, uh, yeah, if it's icy, don't go driving. Um, but if it's cold, if it's only, somebody asked me last night, they said, we're going to be able to drive in this, aren't we? I was like, what are you talking about? It's like, yeah, it's just cold. <laughs> it's like, I don't know, you're, you're not, if now if there's moisture, I said no. But, uh, you know, but yeah, anyway, but, but like I said, stay warm. Uh, stay inside watch some of these things that we told you about um, listen to some of these things we told you about um, but uh, and may God have mercy on the uh, New Orleans Saints <laughs> and uh, go Pels I think the Pels are winning handily right now they are. So, but if you're in Cleveland go buy a Saints ticket for five bucks so right on well everybody until then we will say who dat who dat, who dat? and everybody have a great great Monkey.